AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. This story's never been told. Ooh. So let's go. What's on your mind? What's on your mental? So what's on my mental is uh, we usually don't. We usually don't. Um, we usually do evergreen, but this is going to be stapled mm-hmm. with. We're gonna marry this with a panther. Ooh. So uh, we're going to go with a um, Carolina Panther insider. Uh, Ooh, the juicy, the the, juicy stories? Uh, uh, Moose and Smitty uh, conversation. So a conversation between you and Moose and Muhammad? Yeah. Okay. Right. You're pulling, you're pulling this out the archives. Yeah. This digging is actually, in the crates. This is actually, I'll say this, start off. Moose is like my big brother. Mm-hmm. We, we're super competitive. Uber. Uber, Uber. competitive. But there were times where I got on Moose's nerves, mm-hmm. and Moose got on my nerves. As as what happens when, in brotherhoods. Yeah. So my rookie, was it my rookie year or my second year? One of my years, uh, actually, Moose didn't know it, but Moose kind of made me who I was, who, who I am today. Okay. And how it went is um, Coach Richard Williamson, was he was always tough on me. 
always tough. And um, <clears throat> one day, uh, and his wife Norma uh, uh, loved them, loved her. She, you know, uh, speak to her. I, I, I never can say anything negative towards Richard. He always pushed me to places that I did, didn't want to go, and that's a sign of a great coach. But on this day, uh, Richard was the offensive coordinator. Mike McCoy was the wide receivers coach. Mike McCoy uh, was the head coach of the Sam, Sam, um, offense coordinator for Denver Broncos when uh, Coach Josh McDaniels became head coach, and then he became the head coach of the San Diego Chargers, and now he's just at the house chilling. So <clears throat> one day um, – so this was my rookie year. One day, running the wrong routes, old West Coast offense – I came from a number system out of college. And Richard Williamson grabbed me and kind of like talked down to me. He was a coach, but he talked down to me and told me how he felt about me that day. Now, that day he didn't feel really good about me. Oh. And he kind of grabbed me and it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And when he grabbed me, you know, uh, I, I want to say I blanked out, but I was getting close to – Grabbing him. Okay. And uh, Mike kind of was like stepped in between us and, you know, and Richard was cussing and I said a few choice words as well. Um, I know, big surprise. And, um, but Moose did something that just kind of got to me. And Moose said, man, you from Cali. You supposed to be one of them Cali dudes. Mm -hmm. You gonna let that old man do that to you? And Moose just poured it on. So my mom is one of 13, and I have an uncle named Tim who's maybe six or eight years older than me, but he's like my big brother. Mm -hmm. um, he actually he got kicked out of the house for my grandfather, um, my grandpa Alfred. He actually, when I was in, when I was young, he actually lived, he was my roommate. No. Oh. And when he was going to uh, high school, and... So uh, he's like 10 years older than me. So I was like a first or second grade, and I'm rooming with a dude that's a senior in high school. Super odd, <laughs> right? But, you know, that's just how it is, a close family. And why is Uncle Tim coming into the picture? Well, Moose hit me with that, and I just it hit, it didn't sit well with me. And I took my time coming home, and I remember parking in the driveway, and I call him. I had texted him, and I called him. Well, I actually chirped him because I had oh, to the sprint. Old next, the old next, next to chirp. Chirp, chirp. And so he called me. He's like, "What's up?" And I told him what happened. I told him how Musin kind of like you know how he played this played up the situation in the in the uh, on the field in the locker room. And I just remember um, crying, and I was really emotional about it. And my uncle said, "Well." You know, Stevan. Um, this isn't Stevan. I know. First of all, why are you crying like this? And I explained it to him. And he was like, "Well, you still haven't told me why you're crying like this, because that's not the Stevan. I know. This is not the Cali. This not the. It's not the family member, the kid that I know." And his response really challenged me. He was. He was not. Empathetic, sympathetic, one yeah. bit. But what was really cool is I remember he said, so what are you going to do about it? 
I was like, what you mean? He said, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I remember I was like, you know what? All right. He said, no, I want you to tell me. And I said, well, he's like, the best thing you can do to get back at Moose is what? I'm like, you know, you're all emotional. I don't know. Whoop his ass. You know, he's, (laughs) he's like, no, what can you do? From that day forward, Moose challenged and ignited me to the point of, and again, I say this, really, I have a great relationship with Moose. But what Moose doesn't understand is Moose created me. Hmm. Because when I, got off the, when I got off the phone, the things that I said to my uncle, is which I live every day, which is my goal was to remove Moose off every category in the wide receivers record books for the Carolina Panthers. My goal was to, when they say Carolina Panther wide receiver, Moose Muhammad's name is not to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. And from that day forward, whatever Moose did, my goal was to do it better. If he caught one pass with one hand, I wanted to catch 10. Yeah. If he caught two first downs, I wanted to catch 20. If he finished with 20 yards of yak, I wanted to catch with 40. Right. Every single day from that day forward, my goal was to remove Moose from the record books. And there's only going to be one name. Mine. Hmm. Every single day for four or five years. Hmm. Didn't matter. Smiled at him. Loved him. Right. Still still a colleague, right? Still a work colleague. But my goal was to remove him from the record books. Hmm. And the crazy part is, because of that moment, he challenged me and didn't know it, and he invented me. Hmm. And every day after that, because when I first came out, I was seven in college, so I won in 87, and I asked him. He was like, go sit somewhere. Blew you, blew you off. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know any better, right. but, you know, also all he can do is tell me no. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. And so what's crazy is, you know, no, nobody really knows that. The one person that really knows it, and he told me he never, he said never tell him that story. Mr. Richardson told me Moose did not, don't ever tell Moose that he created you. So he doesn't even know that now. He doesn't even know now. He'll probably hear now it now because, you know, they'll, they'll probably run it. But the fact of the matter is that's the reason why I went so hard. That's why I never really got along with anybody. My goal was seek and destroy, remove, eradicate. And that's what happened. I was saying that's what you did. That's what I did. Now I respect Moose and yeah, yeah, yeah. love Moose, but from a compa- – from a- Competitive standpoint. Competitive standpoint, he didn't have a chance. Yeah. And it's crazy. And a lot of people don't know that. Well, I don't have a follow-up to that. Yeah. <laughs> you you, tough, you nailed it. it. Nah, what, what am I supposed to say to that? The crazy part now, when he hears that, he's going to be like, fuck. Nah. I mean, you, but you got to respect it. Yeah. You got to respect it. So. Yeah. But it was cool because my uncle tell me he challenged me. He said, what are you going to do about both, it? Both dudes did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he, he challenged me. I guess my uncle challenged me because I knew the relationship. Right. Me and Moose plays golf and with all that stuff. But at some point, probably he'll hear this and he'll be like, 
So if I wouldn't have did right. that, <laughs> <laughs> you telling me? <laughs> yup. Yep. Thanks, Moose. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you, Moose. Thank you. Akuna Matata. So, hey, who we got? Awesome. Actually, we got Jeremy Chen. That's who we have. It's a Panther podcast today. We'll cut to it. Coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we've got Jeremy Chin, a second-round pick for the Carolina Panthers, the only defensive player to have scored touchdowns on consecutive plays. He's a two-time NFL Defensive Rookie of the Month award winner and a star in the making. Jeremy Chin on the Cut To It podcast. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. All right, so our first segment is called Get Iced Up. It's our version of Icebreakers. You play for the Panthers. You're familiar with Ice Up Sun and all that stuff. But this is our version of Icebreakers. So they're random questions. Right. Might be a follow-up, might not be. These are all selected at random. So, Smitty, go ahead and okay. give the first Get Iced Up question. All right, buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. All right. So you must lose a body part. Which one? Which body part are you going to lose that you feel you can lose and comfortably Operate through the world after this. A body part, probably a, a arm or something. Arm, arm, a leg, maybe. Yeah. If it, whoa, how big whoa, is it got to be? Can it be a limb? Can it be a? It's, bro, whoa. it's your limb. I don't care. I'm, it ain't, I'm to, not doing. I'm it. trying to figure out how you still gonna be able <laughs> yeah. to uh, make your money <laughs> on one leg. Leg. What am I? I said arm, not leg. Arm. A leg. You said leg. I said. I said leg. Yeah, we can nah, go. Nah, my bad, my bad. Nah, we, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we record this. Yeah, we we can go. We can go under the hood too now. <laughs> yeah. He said leg. He said leg. <laughs> nah, I, I'm keeping my legs. I I say arm if I had to choose. I mean between between yeah, okay. arm and leg. I'm you could you could take an arm. All right, I uh I'm a husband. Don't take either, but if I had to choose, I'm a husband and a father, so I'm gonna take the easy route out. Just take one of my ears. I'm good. Ooh. Just an ear. That's too easy. You talking? Maybe a finger. Look, he said. Yeah, look, I, I ain't think about my answer, but yeah. uh, finger or a toe. Man. Nah, look, now I'm stuck with one arm. Yeah, but here's here's the problem, Jeremy. Defensive players. We gotta think quick. You just. Just react, re-react, react, re-react. That's it. He reacted. Now he's walking around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm wobbling. Yeah. Uh, favorite rookie moment this past 2020 season. My favorite rookie moment would probably be my first dub uh, in LA. Okay. Mm. okay. Yeah. What about that? Was so, It's my first win. Like we lost two straight, and then. Went to, out to L.A. my first time out in L.A., my first time out west, period. Um, and just getting a win on the road and the, the plane ride back home is memorable. Gotcha. Your favorite breakfast food? Uh, eggs. Omelette, specifically. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. What's in your omelette? I got onions, mushrooms, uh, spinach, sausage, bacon sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Damn, it, it was a lot of stuff in there. That sounds like that's a hot spot. Yeah, I, hot, hot, hot. I was I was eating that every morning. Really? Okay. Yeah. Let's just jump right into it. You know, um, growing up, what what sports? What different sports did you play? Growing up, I played basketball, football, soccer, track. Hmm. Okay. What yeah, position did you play in soccer? 
Uh, I don't know. I was I was young. I was, I was out there running around. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Soccer answer. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I was just out yeah. there. He was just picking daisies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cluster to the right, right. cluster to the left. Everybody chasing. Let me ball. let me run around. Yeah. All right. That's now the, the 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 streets say that uh you can you can hoop and that you got some uh, pretty memorable dunks that you got on camera. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I still got them all, but yeah, I got a few. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't get up. Look at he cheesing too. We know some people with the Hornets, man. So if we if if you gotta you know stretch some roles, we'll make some phone calls. Look, I could do that. That's okay. Like that's perfectly fine. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite team growing up? The Pacers. Jermaine O'Neal, Reggie Miller, Danny Granger, uh, Jamal Tinsley. Hmm. Yeah. All those guys. Um, his 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 little hamsters running. Yeah. Danny Granger. Yeah. Yeah. Steven Jackson was on those teams. Steven Jackson, yeah, run our test. Where are you from and the place you call your hometown? I'm from Fishers, Indiana, and I call I call Fishers, Indiana my hometown. Now, where is Fishers, you know, related to, say, the combine in Indianapolis? It's, Indianapolis is about 10 minutes, 10 minutes from... Oh, okay. From from Indianapolis, probably about fifteen from from the stadium, fifteen to twenty from the stadium. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you just kind of on the outskirts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A small little suburb then. Yeah. So growing up in Indiana, how did it influence you today? Growing up in Indiana, man, especially playing football. Like not a lot of people from Indiana make it out playing football. It's just a real big basketball state, so. Playing football here in Indiana, you kind of got to make it the hard way. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of five-star recruits you hear about coming from Indiana. When you say make it the hard way, what do you mean make it the hard way? Because everybody's version of hard way is is, mm -hmm. is different. Yeah, I would say um, you already just counted out. Like, you from Florida. Um, you know, there's schools here in the state of Indiana that just go to Florida to recruit. Like, they don't even look at Indiana. So, I mean, that's just, yeah, it's just already like, all right, they just looking past us already. I heard a lot of good stories, read some research on you, on your relationship with your folks and how impactful they were uh, throughout your life. Um, yeah. You know, kind of walk us through that. You, you know, we hear sometimes we hear, oh, my, my fo folks were uh, influential. Um, and I think sometimes that's an answer that a lot of times we don't get the we don't get the opportunity to follow up on mm. to heal to hear the details of how they impacted, how they influenced you. So to, yeah. you know, let's walk us through, you know, love on your folks, man. Tell us what, what did they instill in you um, that impact you, uh, you know, to be Jeremy. I, I don't know you personally. All I know is what I've seen on a football field and what right. I've seen uh, on tape, uh, you know, preparing last year for the combine and seeing what kind of player you are. Um, those mm -hmm. instincts, mm -hmm. uh, that smile, that infectious smile, that that um, active uh, football player you are. Uh, I know you. You know you can't take all the credit. Um, so it, it, it obviously, you know, you've been coached by some obviously some good coaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's two coaches that 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 held your hand and and, and raised you up way before the other. Uh, sports coaches got got their yeah. got their paw on you. Yeah. So I um, mean, yeah, a lot of that goes to my mom. 
really, she she basically raised um, me and my siblings, uh, my my younger sister and my older brother, by herself. You know, for the most part. Um, and there were days like she she would work like late, just come home and still make sure like we had something to eat uh, before she go to sleep. Um, and you know, she just never complained. I know there was some days she was tired. Uh, she didn't feel like going to work or didn't feel like, you know, making sure, you know, we had something to eat, feel like cooking or whatever it was. But, um, you know, I never saw her complain one time. So that's something I try to take from her. And she kind of instilled that into me. Um, you know, even even through, you know, when times get hard, like it's going to be brighter days. I, I feel like right now this is a a brighter time for her, especially just seeing me in, in the position that, that I'm in now. So, um, you know, life definitely goes full circle. So, you know, I'm blessed to be in this position and look back and be able to give her the credit that she deserves. So we, we learned of one story oh, yeah. about your mom to where she actually dropped you off at practice once and you were on crutches. <laughs> I don't know that story for us. And and sounds like your mom's toughness on you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was maybe in the fifth grade or something. And we had we had practice uh, like Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think we played on Saturdays or something. Um, so I got hurt, whatever, like Tuesday hurt. practice. Oh, you already used air quotes when you said hurt. What was <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I don't remember what was going on, but I was like, man, uh, like I'm hurting. I don't feel like practicing or something like that or whatever. Uh, but we played we played on Saturday. And, you know, in fifth grade, we, we played at the, at the high school stadium. So, like, when you're in fifth grade, that's, like, a big deal. That's, like, playing in the Super Bowl, you know, as a fifth grader. So, um... So I come to practice, next practice on crutches, and uh, my mom goes up to my coach, and he's like, uh, <laughs> she's like, yeah, Jeremy, um, he doesn't really, he doesn't really need these crutches. I think he just needs, you know, basically like a, a kick in the butt, whatever. <laughs> um, he's feeling, he's feeling some type of way. I don't know, but uh, you know, end of the story. It's long story short, I ended up, you know, coming off the crutches. I didn't need them. You know, I was being a drama queen. Same day. Same day, next day, around that time. I, could, I couldn't do it the same day. I had to, I had to linger it off of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, the milk for one more day. Yeah, I had to milk it. Like, uh, well, I woke up a little better today. But um, nah, that's basically, you know, what that was. He, you said you weren't necessarily hurt. So where did you get the crutches from? That's actually a great question. <laughs> yeah, we, we had. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like your mama didn't take you to the doctor. <laughs> Nah, I think we did go to the doctor. I think we did go to the doctor because we didn't just have crutches laying around the house. So we had to get them from somewhere. So I don't got the full details of the story. Uh, yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, so I'm off the crutches. But she always instilled that toughness in me. We have to take a break. And more than anything, we got to pay some bills. Mm-hmm. You got checked. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media, too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com, where you can buy merch, and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers. Question. Um, yeah. I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it. Podcast.com. You know a spot. 
but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You weren't heavily recruited um, because of, like you said, Indiana, but also, too, you weren't very, you weren't necessarily tall. You were five, seven. Now yeah. what's cool is, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not killing him in the height department myself. <laughs> and when COVID hit, my son, Boston was like five, four, five, five size, nine, nine and a half shoe. COVID hit. We've been in quarantine shut down. August comes. Um, <clears throat> we were actually moving. And we had a lot of our clothes in storage. Mm -hmm. We come back in August. My man gets his clothes out of storage. He's wearing a size 12 and a half shoe. And he's like <laughs> five nine. Mm. He's putting on like an old pair of sweats and they're flooding. <laughs> you had the same thing. Uh, okay. So my sophomore year of high school, um, I was five seven, like max, like pushing it. Uh, like he gave me five seven. Like I'm cheesing. Like I'm all right. I'm five seven. Yeah. Um, and then I was probably 125. Sheesh. 120. Yeah. What, what were you playing at that? What position were you playing at that point? I was a corner. You was a corner? Okay. I was a corner at that point. Yeah. Were you tackling at that corner? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> you said ain't nothing changed. I know. You seen my yeah. tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, go cut it on. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like too. that. But five seven one two eight five gets you ran over though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go low, go low. Uh, look, five seven one twenty five. You gotta know what you're working with, man. Yeah, you can't yeah. just come up. Yeah, you gotta know what you're working with. So, um, no patrol. My, <laughs> my junior year, coming around my junior year, I was about um like five nine to five ten, but I was growing so fast my junior year of high school that I ended up missing half my junior year because like hamstring problems. Um, I was just growing so fast. Like my body couldn't keep up, um, like my muscles couldn't keep up with my bones and stuff like that. So I had some hamstring problems my junior year. Um, and that really messed up all my recruiting just cause you know, that's a big recruiting year, your junior year. Uh, come around my senior year, uh, I was about six feet now, uh, probably 180, 185. 
And then I, I really, I mean, I've been growing all the way through college for the most part, but my senior year of high school, that's when I hit six feet. Wow. Sheesh. Yeah. Man. Five, seven, and six feet. I wonder what that's like. Right. What I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what's that like, man. That was, that was, hey, that's what you yeah. call right. in the height department. Just, that's rich people right. problems. <laughs> wishing on a star over yeah. here. Man, that's for real. Yeah, that's for real. Oh. <laughs> Not for real. Hey, you know, take us through, take us through the, take us through your your college process. You know, you 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 have this growth spurt. Um, you're not getting heavily recruited. You know, you desire to play football, obviously. Yeah. You want to play football. You just want to run around and, and play some kind of sport. And you you fell in love with basketball, football. What was that? What what was that recruiting process like for you? And 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 how did you come up with the decision um, to go? to go to college yeah man the recruiting process was so frustrating like, it, it was so frustrating why um one just because I didn't I didn't get any any attention any offers until I had, I had four games left in my senior year that's when I got my first offer whoa um yeah so like I, I got people I'm playing against every every week um you know teammates everything college is coming in uh recruiting my teammate like offering my teammates and I'm just like and then offering people I'm playing against, like we're going head to head. And, you know, I, I still got no love. Um, and then I say camp, it was a, it was a summer camp before my senior year. And I met the D coordinator at the time at Southern Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, so we stayed, we stayed in contact throughout the whole year. Um, like I said, it was about four games left. And then he ended up offering me a scholarship. So I was like, man, like this is all I needed. So, I mean, as soon as I got that offer, like I was ready to commit. I was like, this, this is all I needed. Like, I just needed the shot. Um, and they gave that to me. So uh, long story short, SIU staff at that time got fired. Um, so I was like, dang, like, there's my scholarship. And then uh, luckily, University of North Dakota, they offered me. Um, so I took a visit there. I committed to them. Um, and then Coach Shell, he's a head coach now at Southern Illinois, told me he got the job. And that they're going to keep recruiting me, going to keep my offer and all that. So I went from North Dakota. Um, I took a visit to Southern. I committed to Southern uh, on an official visit. So that Sunday after the visit, I called North Dakota and decommitted from them. And then I've been with Southern Illinois ever since. And this is, you know, the best decision I've ever made. I know this is one of your favorite players. So I, I made sure I point this out. You are not. You weren't a one-star, you were a zero-star recruit, correct? Correct. Ed Reed was a one-star recruit. That lets you know that those stars don't mean anything. Nothing. Nothing. So Nothing. There's, four, there's four or five stars that are in the league, yeah. and there's zero stars that are, in the yeah. league that are potentially up for defensive rookie of the year. I don't know. You know, I Maybe know a guy. Yeah, you know, take so, on the Zoom with us. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's cool. I'll take this time just to tell you, man. I, you know, I, I watch a lot of football, uh, despite what people may think, despite what may uh, some of your teammates may think. I watch a ton of football, man. I'm very impressed with your game. Thank you. Very impressed. I love your versatility. Um, I love the way you attack the ball. You talk. You you play the old school way, which is you try to not in a targeting way, but you try to play football the right way, which is when a receiver or a running back catches the ball, you try to dislodge 
the ball from the individual. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lost art. I noticed yeah. when you tackle, you hit what you see, yeah. which is you're protecting your spine, you're protecting yourself, <laughs> you're also protecting the individual you're hitting. That's a lost art. You don't really see no. that a lot. A lot of players have gotten injured yep. um, because they have their head down. You're Just always up. going yeah. through your your the target the the defender or the target man so keep keep doing that man make sure because you're a star here in carolina you're gonna get a, some opportunities to do some football camps and i'm telling you because of your platform that you probably think is not very high right now but son it's very high make sure you emphasize the fundamentals of hitting because you have a, it, it's becoming a lost art but mm -hmm. the men who have learned how to continue to do that art, man, you, you got a great opportunity. You get to lead people in the right way. I appreciate that. That's major. How important is versatility of positions in today's NFL mm -hmm. from your perspective? Uh, I think it's huge, uh, especially now playing so many packages, uh, so many, you know, whether it be nickel, dime, uh, dollar, or just base. Instead of just subbing so many guys in, just having being able to move around the field, uh, it makes a huge difference. And I think it makes a life on the coaches a lot easier um, and really just guys all around you a lot easier. So they don't have to, you know, think about, um, you know, different personnel and things like that. You can just keep the same personnel and play a lot of different defenses. As, as an analyst, what, what, how do you value versatility? Well, I think that's interesting. I love his answer, but I can debunk his answer. Yeah. Uh, because one of your one of your nemesis, um, and and he's also a fantastic offensive minded coach. He utilizes uh, the versatility of you. With, so I go with Sean Payton, and utilizing you being able to play so many different positions sometimes will get you a mismatch on the maybe a tight end, a bigger tight end, or maybe get you on a fullback where a guy like him who can cover a fullback but they're just taking you out of game plan because they don't really want you to cover Kamara right. coming out of the backfield. So they line out the fullback. So he has to step out yeah. of that box to line up against the fullback. And then they put Trying a linebacker yeah. out on Kamara. Now Kamara outplays the linebacker because they got Take one of the best play. Yeah. guys covering a fullback who he knows the fullback is not going to, they're not getting yeah. it off. Right. So sometimes depending on that versatility can play against you um, when you have, and there's not, now every coach is Sean, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, some of that stuff, you know, is, is less creative coaches who understand personnel substitution mm. or not allowing personnel substitution. Um, yeah. So th that's all thing that I would say sometimes versatility can, you know, when you're a Swiss army knife like him, right. They can use a lot, utilize his knowledge and his athleticism against them and also squash the knowledge of the defense coordinator as well. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, not everybody, you know, that's not going to happen against the Atlanta Falcons, but it's more susceptible to a coach like Sean Payton because they play him twice a year and coaches I'm always a tendency, he's always doing a, personnel. He, he has a whole personnel package type of situation where he, he, he tries to get the defense in advantageous situation. Mm -hmm. Would you agree, disagree? Problem yeah, Pete. no, I agree. Man, when they told when you first learned you were gonna play linebacker, what was your real reaction? Like in your head, like you sitting He's in training, like you sitting in training camp, and they and you see Chin 
on the depth chart, you gonna what the is this? I'm, I'm chin. <laughs> Linebacker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little bit like that at first. But the, the, the reason, the reason, the reason I didn't, I didn't, you know, freak out. It was like, man, why am I playing linebacker or anything like that? Is because Coach Snow, he talked to me over the summertime uh, about just packages that we we're going to put in where I was going to be like the deep safety and just moving around, mm-hmm. things like that. So I was like, all right, he still sees that I can, that I can do that stuff. So uh, as long as he doesn't see me just locked up as a linebacker, uh, just, you know, uh, I'll be fine with it. So, you know, I was, you know, at the end of the day, I was happy just to be on the field, really. Let's talk ball. And it's just football, right? Give it, giving the cut to a fans, the Carolina Panthers fans, the football fans, um, an opportunity to really just talk ball and, you know, your perspective, not necessarily your IQ, but your perspective of how you see football. I think all, offensive guys see ball differently than defensive guys. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. What is one of the things that, as a defensive guy who plays all over the field like yourself, yeah, what is one of the things that just irks you about an offensive player? No, mainly wide receivers. <laughs> Man, that's a good question. I'll warm you up and let you know. You know what I hate about DBs? What's, what's that? I'm when sure you got a laundry list, but give I us do. number it's, one. It's like Santa's Christmas list. <laughs> It's like every kid in America. I hate seeing a DB do like the no catch when the ball is overthrown. Yeah, that's like he did something. You pushing it, bro? Yeah. He did do something. Yeah. He didn't do anything. What did look, he do? If, if, if he didn't do nothing, the D line did something. And look, some, sometimes you just gotta celebrate catching the break, man. Sometimes <laughs> you just gotta celebrate catching the break. I get that, but yeah, if it's an incomplete, that. it's a, if it's an incomplete pass and and he didn't have an opportunity to even contend, okay, or so break it up, I, I got it. I would not do the I'm no fly deep, thing. I'm a debunk it. What about when the quarterback overthrows it? The D line, he just quarterback just yeah. didn't plant his feet right, overthrows you, you, it, you gets excited. It. You can't take that one. The DB is beaten, <laughs> and then you still do the no fly. <laughs> now what? You caught a break. You caught a break. You, so you caught a break. That's, you give, you that's give something to celebrate. So you give that one a pass, Jeremy. You can celebrate that. Look, you caught a break, man. You just, <laughs> you <laughs> caught a break. He go down that stage. He go down that stage. Uh, that, 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 that's pushing. That YMCA answer. That, right? <laughs> that participation trophy. <laughs> All right, so your turn. D- tell me something about I can see he's like those wide receivers. Yeah, <laughs> wide receivers. Look, I don't even, I don't even really get into it wide receivers. Like I see, I mean, one one thing that's annoying, like they celebrate a first down, like they get the catch and it's the first down, they do the whole like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. like yeah, that's like okay, like that's your job, like no need to. But I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing really that really irritates me. I guess when a, a wide receiver is feeling tough or whatever, like they'll try to try to come block you after the play when the ball you know has, has broke to the second level, whatever, but that's just some annoying stuff. Like, get out of my face. Like, what are you doing? Like, well, he has, he, he has to block or he'll get a, uh, he, he'll get great. Yeah, he has to block, but I mean, but, but like the play, the play is about over. Like, opposite. you come in, yeah, so just some, no, not, not, not even the opposite end, but like the, the running back is going down. Um, it, it happened a couple of games. Like, Ross, he was to come and try to like, just hit you late. And like, I'll see him. Oh. And like, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm right here. Like, we both right here. Like, you don't need to do that right now. 
but it's not it's not something it's not something that like they're really trying to block they just trying to be petty you know what i mean like they're just trying to like, yeah, I know what you said. Yeah, yeah, it's on the Yeah, hey, ball going the other side. I don't move. I ain't going. Yeah, that, that's that's the one. Like, <laughs> I, bro, I, I take it. They 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 use the the duck. Hey, that's a loaf. Call it what you want. I'm <laughs> <laughs> conserving my energy. Right, bro. That's a sweep to the left side of the field, and we're on the right side. Chill out. I'm not moving. <laughs> right. I'm not even gonna move. You want to sell it? No. See, I, I like that. Yeah, I I'm like not gonna that. sell it. Right. But here's what'll get you in trouble though. For <laughs> go pursue that ball. Yeah. And I gotta go chase you. Yeah. Uh you it's, you, it's, you don't have a rough big, day next to the big plays. payback. Yeah. No, I'm, all right. You wanna yeah. show off, huh? Okay. Right. You wanna show off. Right? I, know, I know. See that that's me. I'm the I'm the one pursuing this. You won't get mad at. Yeah. Mm, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then you gonna get mad because when I catch the first down on you, I'm like, "Are you gonna spin the ball?" Nah, spinning the ball. So yeah, I know spinning the ball. I, I guess I'm petty with, it, but yeah. everything you petty, super. I would have never super. ever guessed that a day in my life. Hey, you know, we talking ball. So <laughs> you've been in the league. You you know you're a rookie or going into <clears> your sophomore <throat> year next mm-hmm. year. You had to have some. You know, you're you're a hell of a player. But you had to have some moments in the game where you're like, bro, I, I just didn't know it was like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said the second time we played Tampa Bay, we were at home and um, I was guarding Gronk. <laughs> and I was like, all right, man, like, this man, he's old, like, he's not faster than me. Uh, he's not quicker than me or anything. Like, he don't jump higher than me. Um, but he ended up catching this ball and like, I'm trying to knock it out. Uh, and like I'm trying to knock it out all the way to the ground. I didn't even wrap up or anything. Like I'm too busy trying to get the ball out. Uh, he ended up catching the ball and like kept running. And I was like, man, like I can't just rely on my athletic ability. Like technique is everything. So that's when I realized, like, yeah, technique is what's gonna, you know, carry me through this. So that was that was probably when when people ask me, that's probably my welcome to the NFL moment. Not just because, um, like I actually I actually learned that like, all right, technique is is what's gonna keep it going. Because that's I mean that's the only answer. So let's, 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 can we, can we, can we walk through that? Can I walk yeah. that with you? And not like yeah. knowing you, but also making fun in a good way. I think yeah. as a young player, you hear, you, you, you're a hell of a player. So I'm not going to dispute that. And you, and you're just kind of like, at, just scratching, the he, bro. He just scratching, like just opened up the bag of chips. Yeah. Right. And, but the chips, unlike the chips we purchased, it's a little bit of chip, a whole bunch of air. It's a, in his chip is a whole bunch of chip and very little air. Yeah. But I think it's funny is you're a young player. And the first thing he says, and he's referring to Gronk is, oh, he's an older player. He can't run anymore. Uh, he's old man. And that old man took you to the woodshed, didn't he? He did. <laughs> yeah. He got like, he still got oh, PTSD. PTSD. <laughs> he's like on my shoulder. Right. Still. What? <laughs> Why did you think, because he's, he's an older player, they, oh, he still can't run. I know you watch film, but what led you to believe that? Yeah, and I'm not right. picking on your standing like that, but to some degree, because you, you're a young player, yeah. you, you, you obviously was like, ah, oh, yeah, that ain't the Gronk yeah. I'm used to seeing. Right. right, and it wasn't anything like to discredit Gronk. It was just no. like, all right, I know, yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, okay, I trust my athletic ability over Gronk's athletic ability without taking into account that 
he's been playing for what I don't know how many years. Um, his technique oh, and everything like that. My leverage is is more important than how high I could jump or how fast I can run and things like that. So that's something that was I learned that firsthand, like in the flesh, that play. So I think that was my biggest moment. Uh, welcome to the NFL moment. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes Everything AT and T. Because you don't know the NFL outside of COVID protocol. Yeah, take us through what protocol, how you experience and the protocol you went through each and every day. Um, because the fans don't know; they just think mm-hmm. some people just think you just show up. Yeah, right. They just, you know, you, you even, have, even before COVID. Yeah, right? you, oh, you, now, you yeah. just had the house playing video games. Right. You playing Madden. Right and yeah, you know, take you mean you mean like through during the season? Yeah, during yeah. the season, yeah. Yeah, so uh whatever way you want to. I, I don't want to get you in trouble or any of that, but I, I think yeah. given the perspective that what was the behind the scenes? Yeah, what was the behind the scenes without necessarily getting in trouble? Because I think I know there is a <laughs> lot of things that fans don't know that you guys have to experience, whether it's testing, uh yeah. contact tracing. Uh, you know, the, so, the, the almost quarantine, quarantining, all, yeah. all of that stuff that yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not on television. Yeah, it, this year was crazy. Like I said, I don't know the regular experience, but just playing football, like is this year has been unbelievable. Like so much testing. I think we tested over 180 times or something like that uh, throughout the year. So just doing that every single day, um, coming in picking up our traces, going through screening every, every single day, picking up our traces. Um, we had to have our traces everywhere we went. And I mean, I don't, you probably know how the traces work. Uh, if you're around, yeah, at, if you're around somebody for, 
for too long, like within six feet. Uh, like your tracer will blink red and say, um, say like you guys are all sitting at a table. Say you guys have all your tracers on. You guys' tracers would be blinking red right now. Now, if one of you comes up sick or something, then all you guys have to quarantine because you guys have all been together and your tracer tells you like you've been around that person. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool, but I mean, it's crazy. And then, um, you know, meetings, we're all like meeting in like the, the suite areas or like the uh, the dining areas of the stadium just so we can all be spread out. Um, and then like things throughout the season, like it even, even ramped up, protocols even ramped up even more. Like we had to wear a mask out on the football field for like between, like when we take our helmets off, we had to put a mask on. Uh, we wore like plastic coverings over our face masks. Like it was, I mean, it was crazy. You know, everybody got drafted and, and I, I had to do the draft. Um, and I saw, um, I did it from my office at, at my house here in Charlotte. You were in Indiana, I believe, getting when you got drafted. Man, I, I this may sound like a dumb question, but I'm willing to say it. Like, you didn't know which team was going to draft you, and they didn't know which team was going to draft you. So where'd you get your hat from? <laughs> like, did they send you a hat? You didn't have a hat? They didn't send you hats or anything? No, nah, the league didn't send me nothing, now. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we saw all the guys like they had, they had the box and you could, you yeah. Could, so the league, the league, I guess they picked, they picked 50 or some guys. They sent oh. them a box of hats, uh, posters to put up in their house for the draft and everything. So after you got drafted, did, did the Panthers send you any? Send yeah, you they, they sent me, they sent me some gear. Uh, they sent me my jersey. Okay. Uh, a couple of hats. Yeah. It's cool. So what, what all did you know about the Panthers prior to you getting drafted to the team? I knew, I knew a few guys on the roster. I didn't know them personally. Um, but uh, Shaq, uh, Burns, Christian, mm-hmm. um, obviously the Super Bowl team, uh, Luke. Obviously, I know he retired and everything, but uh, obviously know who you are, Steve Smith. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, as far as that, like I didn't, I didn't really know who the coach was at the time. Um, I know Coach after Coach. I talk, I met I met Coach Rule and stuff at the Senior Bowl, so I knew I knew of him. But before then, like I didn't really know much about the Panthers. Yeah, me neither. I had no idea what Carolina was. Being on the West Coast, why? Yeah. I I hadn't – I mean, other than college, well, we took the Greyhound bus to Vegas from L.A. Um, I took a plane to Vegas, and then I took a plane to Utah, and then all of – you know, when I went to college, Mm. I had not been beyond – other than the Senior Bowl, I never been beyond, what, Montgomery? I, I didn't. I didn't ever know what North Carolina was. You didn't even know what Carolina was. Nah. Wow. I didn't. No. I had no idea. Didn't even think I was gonna get picked by them mm-hmm. either. Had zero people on the team. <laughs> Nothing about the Panthers at at all. Zero. Uh, I knew. I knew about Moose in, mm-hmm. um, because they would say Moose uh, playing. But other than that, <clears throat> what have you discovered about yourself? A year into real adulthood. Uh, I spent a lot of money on food. I don't know how my mom fed me so long. <laughs> so you know what that grocery te- bill. You know what that tells me? Yeah. That this is what it tells me. And I'll, he gonna giggle. He may not confirm it. That tells me when you're leaving the facility, you had a ton of Gatorades and waters in your backpack every day. <laughs> Look, 
That's a yes. Yes, I'm, look, I'm taking all that stuff. That's stealing from the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, people nah, get fired. Right. You still a, you still in work, you still in work supplies. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna try and go to the store. I hate going to the store. So at what part of throughout this whole season, through the you've walked through the draft process, through the whole season, when are you calling up on the knowledge of your uncle, legendary Steve Atwater? Um, I talked to him probably a, a week, maybe a couple of days before the uh, the Denver game. I talked to him because I think that was that was two weeks after the Minnesota game. Um, so we, we caught up after that game. And he just gave me some pointers as far as some of the things he did throughout the season just to keep him going um, and just so he wasn't losing a step. Uh, some of the workouts that he was doing, like upper body workouts, like getting an extra upper body workout throughout the year. And so – I incorporated that stuff, and I think it, it really helped me towards the end of the season. What was the what was the transition like going from college? In college, it was obviously it was different. Than the yeah. So it, describe the difference between college and NFL because we all know it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not everybody can do a good job of explaining it. Yeah, I think I think. The biggest difference is it's a difference at every at every part of it from from O line to skill position to all that stuff. But I think, I mean, the main difference is the quarterbacks. Like if there's anything that's different, it's the quarterback talent, um, because they they can they can speed the game up so much more, and like they make they make throws and, and make decisions that, you know, you usually don't see college quarterbacks making, especially uh, coming from FCS where I played. So, uh, the biggest difference was me just it was playing against these quarterbacks. So, so which quarterback gave you a old crap moment when you walked on the field? Um, yeah, I don't know if there's one that, that I could just point out and be like, oh, like he was the one. But I think just, just all, just in general. Okay. Um, and that's something that I had to, you know, hurry up and get accustomed to back in, in camp and adjustments that I had to make. Um, and, yeah, so I think even just watching film, like I, I watched with Al, he, he was my coach. Um and just like the, just the arm talent, the decisions, like everything that they're doing. It's like, yeah, you just don't see this in college. Well, Jeremy, our last segment is called the deep three. There are three questions that take us beyond who you are as a player, going beyond your jersey. And so it just takes us to a deeper level. So maybe go ahead and give them yeah. the first When you were younger, what did you say yes to, you know, that you were willing to give anything for? But now you've, you know, you're in the NFL, you're a young man. That when you go backwards, you go, mm, I wouldn't do that again. Oh, that's a tough question. Because you're a professional now. Everything you do, everything you do impacts whether it's your mind, your body, your your profession. You know, you don't know what the residual or, you know, you don't know what the layer was. Yeah. First thing that I learned that I would say no to and I go backwards. I came from Utah, California, Utah. And man, my first off season, barbecue, and f- and and just all the great restaurants here in Charlotte. Oh, you put on them. You put on man, them I pounds. Like Two oh five coming in. Yeah, I would say um, one thing I would say yes to back then, like living here in Indiana, like when we like our downtime, like we just hoop, like we'll go, we'll go to LA Fitness and, or like somewhere, some park over here, and we like we would just hoop like all off season, like that would just be that would we do like me and my friends we would just go hoop. So I say right now, I would just say no to that just because um, like there's so much. I, one I know how they hoop and I know how just how they play, 
Uh, so I would say no to that just because now looking back, like I got I got more to lose and just be out here playing basketball and, and, you know, getting her doing that. All right. What does success mean to you professionally and personally? Professionally, um, winning. I feel like that's the ultimate sign of just being successful, um, you know, having your health as well. Um, health, winning, health, wealth, winning. Like that's, that's success as I see it. Health, um, wealth. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like that's, that covers everything. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Health, wealth, and winning. I take it. That translates health, wealth, off, offside, off the field as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. That gets you rich right there, player. Right. <laughs> I get you in the top yeah, five. Yeah. Right <laughs> about 17 a year. <laughs> Look, he like, oh, I'll take a little bit yeah. of that. Yeah, I'll take a little bit of that. <laughs> I know you're young in I know you're young in your profession. Um, but what motivates you today? You know, the all you, you guys are done playing football. You know, you get the opportunity. Yeah. I saw you tweet, you know, you you you, you wished or hoped. You be playing in January, February, you know. Yeah. Besides the Super Bowls, the Hall of Fame, all that stuff, you know, the core of it. What you know, what really motivates you beyond just having some success or a lot of success on the football field? I love to play. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Like I love to play. Yeah. Like if you see me, like just out there at practice, like my teammates, like Shaq, will look at me, be like, "Why are you smiling? Like, why are you so happy?" Like, because I'm having fun. Like I love this. Yeah. Like I, I genuinely love to play the game. Steve, what's the biggest thing you learned between your rookie season and your second year? Um, yeah, sheesh, that's a that's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. You are learning so much, and you you're trying to figure out, um, you know, what is the opponent, mm-hmm. what is me, what's the scheme. Um, my rookie year to my second year was a transition transitional year because we had Coach Seifer who was fired and we had a new coaching staff. So I was playing pretty much no wide receiver, mm-hmm. primarily special teams. Then I got opportunity to Coach Fox to play still special teams but also contribute wide, receiver. wide receiver. So a little bit is uh, baptism by fire, you mm-hmm. know, not getting the opportunity to really, um, you know, my rookie year didn't play much wide receiver, played a lot of scout team. Mm-hmm. Um and in that scout team, I was going against guys where I was like, man, if this guy can play and I'm not getting an opportunity. So it, it, it's it's hodgepodge. It's just a ton of stuff, yeah. ton of ton of emotions, ton of uh, self-evaluation, self-doubt. Uh, then you got a new coaching staff, so you got to start all over and try to impress them and try to figure out the offense. So it, it, I, I think for a young guy to get a new coach coming out of his rookie year, trying to figure things out, and then start over. That's a, that's a lot. It, it's a lot. Yeah. And, and you're supposed to be a professional as well. So I, I don't know. It's just – I think plus it's you, – Plus you're already drinking from a fire hose. Just I being think, in the NFL, yeah, and then you have a big transition. And I think it's it, it's tough no matter what year you're in, but I think it's tougher now because of the way fans, the way the evaluation process is now is they expect even more success mm. out of – the first three rounds yeah. compared to what it used to be. I think it's even um, 
a higher level of expectations. Right. So so now as a as a former player, as a vet, forty plus, what would you go back and tell young Steve yeah. now? I don't know. I wouldn't tell I wouldn't tell me anything just because <clears throat> there are things that had to do with maybe different coaching styles, mm-hmm. um, learning and not learning, trying to figure out. So I, I, I think it's it would be cool to go back and watch myself. I think I would cringe. Mm. But then I also would laugh because I had a head coach who was – it was his first time being a head coach, so he was figuring it out too. So yeah. you got – the blind leading the blind, and we're trying to figure it out. Team's not very good. Right. What were those cringe-worthy moments? Oh, one time I think Coach Fox all kicked us kicked us out of practice, <laughs> like the whole team, <laughs> because we were piss poor. Uh. They were fighting, they were frustrated. But the day before, he started practice all over. Like mm-hmm. we were an hour into practice, he started all over from the top, like stretch. <laughs> yeah, like we had to restretch. We're gonna run, we're gonna run this whole thing Man, back. It was terrible. Wow. So I, you know, that's what I mean by cringe. I'm like, bro, we're tired, you know, and we're in Spartanburg, South Carolina, in the heat of July, August. The heat is so thick you can see it waving yeah. over the grass and the concrete. It's hot. it's hot. And you, can you stay focused? No. Right. You know, the fatigue. They say what? Fatigue makes a what? A coward out of you. Mm-hmm. Makes you lose focus. Never really been in um, heat like that. I was in Utah, dry heat. I wasn't in humidity. Uh, so, it, you know, it was a lot. It was yeah. definitely a lot. And I don't think you can you can prepare. There's no test that lets you mm-hmm. know um, how good or how bad you will be. It's just, you know, it's baptism by by fire of, of, of actually being on the field and, and seeing what you have. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Labreck. Production manager Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. 
get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.